Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> once again to the vineyard. I'm laughing because we have a whole light thing that's supposed to happen when the things are on, and it's not happening anymore. And I just saw frantically a hand waving from the back, which I can barely see. So, there's a light. Well, good. Okay. Now people have no idea they're watching the video, but it's all good. So, uh, but I wanted to explain my, my, the look on my face. So, um, we are eight years into our study. It's funny sounding. Uh, working through the Bible together a chapter at a time. And we spent that first five and a half or so years working through the New Testament, which we did. Now we're in the Old Testament. We've done Genesis. We're up to Exodus 35. Here's what's interesting. Um, I'm actually going to do Exodus 35 all the way to Exodus 40 today. Because chapters 36, 37, 38, 39, and most of 40 are almost verbatim repeats of earlier chapters where um, God told Moses what to do and about building the tabernacle and everything. And then all those other, those chapters coming are just them saying we did it. And all they do is change the tense. Really, you, you can almost sit them side by side and they're exactly the same thing. This is what you're supposed to do and this is what we did. And that's what they change. So we're not going to spend those weeks um, reviewing that uh, because we spent all the time in it. So I, I think we can come to a nice conclusion today of Exodus. Then I want to take the next four Wednesday nights and we're going to do uh, a pre-Easter study. So we'll talk about uh, components of Easter over the next four Wednesday nights. That'll get us ready for the big weekend. And then uh, after Easter we'll come back and we'll start in Leviticus. Um, but but uh, I didn't want to jump into Leviticus right before Easter. It's better after Easter. So anyway, uh, so the next four Wednesdays um, will be a, a four-week study. Uh, so we'll be out of routine a little bit, uh, all about Easter and what that means. So today, as I said, Exodus 35 and a little part of 36 and the end of chapter 40. That's what we're going to cover in 20 minutes. So, uh, so that's good. Now Exodus 35 is fascinating because um, if you remember... Uh, what, what, what we've been dealing with is the, um, the sin, the great sin it was called, because the, uh, the people had f formed a golden calf and were worshiping it. Do you remember Moses was gone on the mountain? Um, and they got tired of waiting, big rebellion. They threw their earrings together. Aaron fashioned a golden calf for them to worship, which he said just magically popped out of the fire, but that was a lie. Um, and there was this basically when Moses came down, this orgy going on around this golden calf, which was a this terrible pagan practice, and like the Levites were called to arms, and, and they took out that entire group of that, that situation. But the people themselves had all promised to go God's way, and they'd all gone their own way. And, and God had said, that's it. I'm no longer going to go with you. I'm not like totally writing you off. I'll send an angel with you. But it wasn't the relationship they had, and the people didn't want that, and so they repented. And they sincerely repented. And so um, God has said at this point in time, okay, I will once again go with you, and I will dwell in the tabernacle that you're building for me, and I'll, my presence will be there. And chapter 35 is like a complete um, reversal. Uh, it's like a mirror image of chapter 31. And, and 31 was the last chapter before the golden calf crisis. And it presents the same material that we're looking at today in reverse order. So very cool. There's something you need to catch in there. So the last subject of Exodus 31 was the Sabbath. 
And the Sabbath is the first part of Exodus 35. And um, the middle portions of Exodus 31 and 35 are the same, all about what's going to happen in the tabernacle. And then the final subject in Exodus 31 was about um, Bezalel, the, the guy filled with the Spirit, who was going to be the ma- major uh, master craftsman. And um, the, it's the, that whole thing is the final part of Exodus 35. So it's like this mirror image of, of what's happened of before the great sin, and then now afterwards, forgiveness has taken place, and God is putting back everything into place, just like, just like it had been before, which is really cool about forgiveness. And, and so it's very cool how God can take... Here's the thing. God can take a mess, and He can work His way right back into it again and make it work, which is really good news for all of us because we've all done things we shouldn't. We're all a big mess, and God can take that and then work with it. And that's what He does in, in these folks. So when we look at Exodus 35 today, you're going to... If you think about Exodus 31, I'm sure all of you now perfectly remember Exodus 31 from five weeks ago. You will go, oh, that's very similar. Well, it is in a lot of ways because of that it's flipped. Um, and so we're going to look at that. And like I said, I'm going to pick up parts of 36 because something cool happens in the end of chapter 40. So that's what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to read this. And um, can you guys run the verses from upstairs? Okay, I'm going to let you run them because Cody's not here. All right, so I'm going to read Exodus 35. Uh, there's 35 verses. We'll start in verse 1. I'm reading in the NIV. Whatever translation you prefer is good. Uh, on the notes, it's the NIV. And so here we go, beginning in verse 1. Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it must be put to death. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. Um, From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram's skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent and its coverings, clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases. The ark with its poles and the atonement cover and the curtain that shields it. The table with its poles and all of its articles and the bread of the presence. The lampstand that is for the light with its accessories, lamps, and oil for the light. The altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. The curtain for the doorway at the entrance to the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles, all its utensils. The bronze basin with its stand. The curtains of the courtyard with its posts and bases, and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard. The tent pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard, and their ropes. The woven garments for ministering in the sanctuary, both the sacred garments for Aaron and the the priest, and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved him came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all his service, and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments, 
They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skin, dyed red, dyed red, or hides of sea cows brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord. And everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen. All, and all the women, women who were willing had the, uh, and had the skill spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. They also brought sp spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic craftsmanship. And he has uh, given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do to all kinds of work as craftsmen, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linens, and weavers, all of them master craftsmen and designers. That's the end of 35. Now, I want to talk about 35, but I'm going to go ahead and get all my reading done. So we're going to read 36 and then 40, and then we'll come back and talk about all of it. And if you haven't been coming to these things, everything I said to you just then probably sounds like, what? But if you've been here, you've heard every one of those things. We have discussed every one of those pieces of furniture and, and dressings and all those things we've talked about in detail. Verse 36, verse, just the first seven verses. So Bezalel, Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary, to do the work, just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left their work and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order... And they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they ha already had was more than enough to do all the work. I want to talk about that in just a moment too. And then lastly, Exodus 40, last few verses. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, here we go. So... Exodus 35, those first few verses, um, opens up with another discussion of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was this weekly acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God. Um, it was intended to, you know, confirm them as His holy children. Um, and, and it was about them committing their lives to live for His honor and glory 
rather than pursuing their own personal interests and desires. And, and it, they were setting themselves apart from all the other nations. The other nations worshipped false gods whom they tried to appease to get them to do what they wanted. But, but the, the hearts of the people of God were to be such that what they wanted was to demonstrate that they wanted to do what God wanted them to do. And, and it was a completely different situation. And so the Sabbath was this way of them um, understanding that God was the most important thing in their lives. And so as He is instructing them to do all this work, which is, so they've got a big job, right? Now they've got to put this whole thing together we've been talking about for 35 chapters. They've got to build this tabernacle together as a community for the Lord to dwell. But he says, but while you're doing all this work, don't forget the Sabbath. I want you to take one day a week and stop. And I just want you to hang out with me. And I don't want you to do any work. I, I want you to take a break from all your labors. And, and um, to the point where, uh, you know, they, they had been, they were provided food um, that they were to gather on Saturday so that, well, they're Friday. You know what I mean. So the day, their day, so that they would have a Sabbath day where they didn't have to prepare food. In fact, they were told not even make a fire to cook. Um, that, that was work. They were just supposed to stop, trust God, and hang out and spend time with Him. And so He's reiterating that whole process with them. Now, you know, Jesus comes along and, and makes sure that we understand they could do an act of compassion or if there was a situation with an animal or in, in, in Jesus even said if somebody needed a healing or something, of course we're going to do those things. But we, we need to stop from the normal pace of life, the normal busyness, and even though I'm giving you this work to do, God's saying, but I don't want you to do it seven days a week. I want you to stop once a week and refocus and reconnect and make sure they understand. And so it was this picture of them understanding how different their relationship with the real God was than what every other nation had with false gods. Um, it was a completely different thing. And so, um, and so this was the process that they were to undergo. And it was very important for them to do that, to honor the Sabbath because of that reason. You know, it gets, it ultimately gets messed up because people start trying to make it a thing where they're, they're trying to earn something from God by following the rules, and they miss the whole heart of the process. You know, it was a, about a heart situation, relationship with God, knowing that He's good and that we're to spend time with Him. He's to be a priority. So then in verse 4 of chapter 35, Moses challenges the congregation to contribute all the necessary uh, materials for the construction of the tabernacle uh, of the congregation. And what's fascinating is you read on in verses 5 through 9, it's completely voluntary. He, he, he doesn't want anything that people don't volunteer to give. It's not a command. It's not saying this is what you're going to do. You better do it. This is a voluntary thing. I want you guys to get behind it. This is, you know, the tabernacle God has asked us to build. And I want you to bring from your hearts what you feel led to bring in the process. People go, well, where do these, why do they have stuff? And, and uh, because they've just escaped from 430 years of slavery, uh, bondage, and they're, they've been cruising out in the middle of nowhere, where'd they get stuff from? Remember, before they left, the people of Egypt were so happy to get them out of there because of the plagues, the ten, that they gave them stuff. They gave them jewels and gold and things and linen. And they said, take it all with you. Just get out. Uh, and, uh, and so they did. So they've all got stuff. They got lots of stuff. 
um, and they've been hanging on to this stuff. You know, they already had popped up some jewelry to uh, make the golden calf. And then right after that, remember, repentance was they brought some more jewelry around. But now, um, now they're, they're giving out of the restoration of what God has done in their lives. And it's a, it's a voluntary, here you go, here's what I got. I'm going to give some of it to the Lord. And I'm going to give my talents to the Lord and the people that were talented and we're going to offer their services uh, in this whole process. It goes on in verses 10 through 19. Um, it was a very much a community undertaking. So they were all involved. There was a couple of guys who were really special craftsmen, but there was a lot of other craftsmen and artists in the group that had learned from all this captivity in Egypt. They, were, they had people that could spin and weave and, and do all those things. And the Holy Spirit had anointed Oholiab and um, Bezalel to be able to teach everybody what they needed to know. And so the, if they didn't know how to do it, they were going to teach them how to do it. And, uh, and so it was like this, uh, this, this really big building committee got together. And, and all of us pitching in towards this big goal that was going on, this tabernacle, which we saw. And all the furniture had to be made, and all the clothing had to be made, which we talked about. All of this had to come together and happen in this process. And so in, in verses 20... Uh, through 29, they all were really excited and felt privileged to have a part in building this tabernacle. And that was part of God's plan, that um, He didn't just sort of whip it up, uh, which He could have because He's God. Uh, he wanted them to be involved. And so they were very much involved in every part of it. And, and so they were very enthusiastic. This wasn't a burden to them. Um, this was a labor of love, and they were excited about being involved. And remember, you've got people here that have been in slavery for forever, and, and this is just this opportunity to express with their time and their talents, their love for God. And uh, in the last few verses of Exodus 35, um, God chooses these very two very gifted craftsmen, fills them with His Spirit, gives them ability to do everything they need to do, as well as teach, and um, the Lord's Spirit would help them with the process. And so they were trained some assistants so that this really big job could get done in a reasonable period of time. Now, why I included part of 36 in there was that um, those first seven verses are really cool. The, the people respond in such an amazing way to, from their hearts in giving this whole process that Moses actually has to tell them to stop. He has to say, stop, don't bring any more stuff. And they had to order it because they were all like every day bringing stuff. And they were excited to do it, just kept coming. And, and the craftsmen are like, listen, there's so much stuff that we can't do what we need to do. You need to make it stop. And so Moses has to come in. Stop bringing stuff. You, you did good. And so uh, I love that, that he actually has to issue an official order of cease and desist. Said, stop. So that's really cool. Um, that's the hearts of the people. And why that's so important is you see the shift that's happened since they've been forgiven. Really rebellious, huge shift in the, in the fact that God has promised to continue to go with them on this journey and forgiven them and restored them and they respond out of that heart which is you know always what God is looking for from us is a, a heart that just says God I'm all in with you and it's all yours anyway so you know it's, it's that sort of response that, that happens in our lives and then as I said the rest of chapter 36 through the, the almost the end of chapter 40 are almost verbatim chapters 25 through 31 all over again. Uh, and in fact, the, 
And a lot of times the, the only thing is that the tense changes from the past to the future tense. What you told us to do back here, this is what we're doing. And you can read them and you can line them up. It's kind of interesting. They, they almost match word for word in many places throughout those chapters. So, so we've covered all those things, so I, I don't want to cover them all again. So then it jumps to the end. Uh, the end of Exodus is Exodus 40, uh, verses 34 through 38. And it's just this beautiful picture um, of God's promises fulfilled. When the tabernacle's completed, when everything is done, all of the things that they'd been instructed to do, everything's in place, the, 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 you know, the tent and, the, and all the coverings and, the, and all of the entranceways and the curtains and all of the furnitures built and all that it represented. Remember we talked about how they would have to go through and deal with sin and, and forgiveness and everything else and be cleansed before they could get into the presence of God. Um, when the tabernacle's completed, God comes and dwells in the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord, it says, fills the entire tabernacle to the point where Moses couldn't enter in the tabernacle because the glory of the Lord had filled it completely. And, and then what's going to happen from now on while they're wandering? When the cloud of God's glory is taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel went out and onto their journeys. And if the cloud wasn't taken up, they stayed put right where they were, and they only continued on their journeys when the cloud was taken up again. And it was the cloud of the Lord by day and the fire by night. Um, this was God's presence in the house of uh, all, all of Israel. And what happened, as I said, throughout the rest of their journey through the promised land, which is 38 years more. That's what happens. And it's, it takes... The, and it, you know how long it really should have taken? Like three weeks. <laughs> it wasn't that far. And so they, you know what they do for 38 years because they're rebellious? They just keep going around in circles. For 38 years. An entire generation is going to pass away before the generation who didn't refuse to do what they're told to do goes in. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to take all this time. But if they'd have been obedient and just gone when they were told to go, you know, they could have just gone right in. But they didn't. So, uh, but he's... and but the. I, see, that's also a picture of the patience of God, which makes me happy. Aren't you glad God is patient with you? Because we look at them and think, 30, oh, I'm sorry, that was loud. Much louder than I expected. Uh, I should blow out the other side. See, it doesn't have, it's not a problem. <laughs> Don't blow out that side, Steve. Make a note. Because um, we look at that and go, man, all they have to do is do the, do the right thing. Yeah, that's all we have to do. But it takes a long time to get it. And, and, and yet he's patient. I love that about God. He never gave up. He stayed right there. Presence. The presence of the living God. Right there. And, and for us too, see now, it's a, we're the tabernacle now in Christ. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwells with us and, and stays with us even when we're messed up. He's, it's an amazing deal. And it's this wonderful picture of what happens. So the so the book closes with the fulfillment of God's promise of His presence, which He'd given back in Exodus 29. He renewed it again in chapter 33. And God's presence would sanctify them, protect them, and ultimately bring Israel to her destination. And, and uh, we'll see all that happen in the coming years. Uh, in Leviticus, we're just going to... When we get to Leviticus, we're basically setting up the sort of structure by which the Levitical priesthood would run. And it's interesting, but there's some tough stuff in there too. 
Uh, and then, but when we get towards the end, you'll see some really cool stuff. And then numbers, I don't even know how we're going to go through numbers yet. We might have some chunks of numbers where I do five chapters in a week. <laughs> um, then we get to Deuteronomy, and it's all cool. It's all on again, all right? So um, we'll press in through it, and it'll be good. But we're going to take the next four weeks. I want to take some time to talk about Easter, and we'll, we'll pop in Leviticus right after that next Wednesday after Easter or so. We'll get in there. Um, but that's good for today. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. And uh, come and visit us when you can. We'd love to see you. If you need prayer, go to the prayer page on the website. We'll pray for you. But that's all for tonight.